You're listening to the Harborside Church Podcast. To connect with us online, go to www.harborside.org. We hope you enjoy this message. I, I have a confession to make, and that is that um, I don't actually believe in Mother's Day. <laughs> Are you allowed to say that? I'm not sure. Um, And the reason I don't believe in it is um, I'm following in the steps of my mum who didn't believe in it because she said every day is Mother's Day. (laughs) You shouldn't just celebrate it one day a year. Um, And I guess to get back at me for that, um, Jaslyn gives me the most flowery, (laughs) pink, Mother's Day card she can find. She goes all out. She always tries to find the one that she knows will say feminine more than any other. Um, This was her last year effort. She's promised me that this year she's got a beauty. Um, I haven't received it yet, but I'll let you know next time I see you. Um, But I'm, I'm not pink and flowery and ribbons. I'm about as feminine as Angela Merkel or Julia Gillard or Margaret Thatcher. Um, <laughs> except I don't even have a handbag. Um, so, <laughs> so in some ways it's, uh, it's a bit um, strange to get the opportunity to, to preach on Mother's Day, except that I know that there's a lot of work that mothers do that is sometimes hidden. I want to show you this painting by an Indian uh, boy. His name is Arjunath. He's from the southern Indian state of Kerala. And what used to happen is when people asked his dad what his mum did, his dad used to say she's just a housewife, she doesn't do any work. And that confused Dajanath because he could never remember a time when his mum was idle. And so he decided to draw a painting of all the things he saw his mum do. And so in this painting you can see that she's feeding chickens and she's scaring away birds from crops and she's... Um, she's going to the market to fetch food. She isn't, even has to go to a well to fetch water. Obviously, they're in rural India. She's braiding um, Ajana's sister's hair. Then she's preparing his sister to go off to school. And then she's sweeping and she's cooking. And she's also getting coconuts out of a tree in one of the images. There's a lot of hidden work that goes on. But Ajanath could see all that hidden work. Annabelle Crabb, a couple of years ago, um, showed this image of the different work that um, happens after you have a baby. You can just see the dramatic change in work that happens after a baby is born. This is from the Bureau of Statistics. This is averaged. Um, But you can see the amount of work that suddenly happens in parenting and housework. And even after the baby's long out of nappies, Um, the parenting and the housework still continues for mums or for stay-at-home dads. And it might seem weird to have Mother's Day in the middle of a series on putting your faith to work, but it's not really weird at all because there is so much work that is going on. And God sees that work. He doesn't just look at our paid work. He sees all the work that we do. Some of the hardest work I've ever done, some of the proudest work I've ever done is as a mum, as a mum to Jazz and to Guy. 
It's probably the work that will be the enduring legacy of my life, this work. But I also relate to something in that story about Ajunuth um, and what he heard. Because when I was basically a full-time mum, when people asked me what I did, I would often say, I'm just a mum. And there's a couple of things I want to say about that. The first thing is that the reason I said I'm just a is probably because I didn't value the work that much because it wasn't paid or else I thought that the person I was talking to might not value the work that much. But the second thing I wanted you to notice about that statement is the way that it switches. I was asked what I did and I made a statement about me. I said, I am. And we do that a lot, don't we? When we meet someone for the first time, after we ask them their name, we often ask, what do you do? And how do we answer that statement? We often answer, I am. David and I were working this, uh, watching the service a couple of weeks ago. And Janice, I know that you would answer that statement, I am a soccer mum. <laughs> but we might answer it in other ways. I am a barista. I am a doctor. I am a lecturer. It's a little strange, isn't it? We're asking, what do you do? But we answer with a statement of identity, I am. I think in many ways in Australian society, we have actually become our jobs. That phrase, I am, we heard it in our first reading, didn't we? There's Moses, he's out looking after the sheep and he sees something very strange. He sees a bush that's on fire and it's burning, but the bush is not being consumed by the flames. It's still there. And as he approaches it, he hears a voice come out and it's the voice of God speaking. And God tells Moses that he has to go back to the Israelites and he has to tell them a whole load of things. And when Moses says to him, who should I say sent me? There's that statement. Tell them, I am sent you. I am who I am, says God. It's an amazing statement because it keeps going. It's in the future, but it's always present. I am who I am. God can choose his identity. That is his name. But we hear it again in Jesus when Jesus is speaking as well. Jesus chose these I am statements as well to reveal his identity. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the good shepherd. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. In that way, he was letting them know that he also was the son of God. It was a hint about his true identity. When I think about who am I, I am a mother. I am a speaker. I am a writer. But there's something much more foundational about who I am, who I am at the core. I was formed in my mother's womb. Psalm 139 tells us so much about how God forms us lovingly, how he knows the next words I'm going to say to you. Before they're on my tongue, he already knows all of that. I am made in the image of God. Andrew spoke about this last week in Genesis 1, 26 to 28. I am made in the image of God. 
I know that I am loved by God. That famous verse, John 3.16. I am loved by God. He loved me so much that he sent his son to die for me. And because Jesus came and he died for me, then I am amazingly called a child of God. And I'm told that I am an heir of his kingdom. Once we know this, truly know this, truly believe this, truly understand this, then that means we have this solid foundation. It means we can't be moved. It doesn't change in this life. It doesn't change for all of eternity. It can't be marred. It can't be discredited. It can't be taken away. It's fixed. It's firm. It's not affected by what we do. It's not affected about whether we have paid work or not. It's not affected even if we don't have a job at all. My identity is firm and it's solid. There is a phrase for this. It's about being in Jesus Christ. It's one of Paul's favourite phrases. He uses it over 80 times in his letters and he especially uses it in Ephesians. So in Ephesians 1, he actually addresses the letter to the faithful in Christ Jesus. And then he talks about we have received every spiritual blessing in Jesus. It's a pretty amazing thought. Just dwell on that for a moment. We have received every spiritual blessing in Jesus. God has made known to us his will to everyone who he purposed in Christ. And we should put our hope in Christ. And then he says, because we are included in Christ when we have experienced salvation. And then in our second reading today from Ephesians 2, we hear more promises that we are raised in the heavenly realms in Christ. And we will access the incomparable riches of his grace expressed to us in his kindness in Christ Jesus. And then that final verse, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Do you get the significance of that? Our worth doesn't depend on what we do. Our worth has been determined by everything Jesus has already done. Our status of being in Christ is something that can never be taken away from us. So in Christ, I am a speaker. In Christ, I do write books. In Christ, I am a parent. My identity is separate from my work. It comes before I do my work, and that frees me because my value is not determined by what I accomplish. It's not determined by how much I'm paid, and it's not even affected if my kids don't behave. (laughs) I am in Christ. I think uh, the verse out of our reading that says this most completely is Ephesians 2.10. It's one of my favourite verses. I'm going to go through it sort of piece by piece. For we are God's handiwork. That word for handiwork there means we have been crafted by God. The Greek is poenia. 
And that's where we get the word poem from. So it's like we are God's poem that he is writing. Isn't that a beautiful thought? We are each uniquely shaped by God. We are created in Christ Jesus. Our identity is in Jesus. Our salvation, again, is not because of what we have done. Our salvation is because of what Jesus has done. It's secure in him because of the work he has done. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. To do good work. And when we hear that phrase good, we think back to what we heard last week from Andrew when he was describing God the creator. After God created each element, he did that work. What did he say about it? He said it was good. And the word good there didn't just mean, yep, like it, bonza. It means it's just right, beautifully done, fitting for its purpose. That is the sort of work that God has created us in Christ Jesus to do. And that's the sort of work we do when we care for people, when Stacey smiles at the security guard, when we empower and encourage someone. That's the work we do when we look after a child, whether it's our own or someone else's. That's the sort of work we do when we repair something that's broken. That's the sort of work we do when we design something new that's going to make life a lot easier for people. We're bringing shalom to the world. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And this is the mind-blowing part, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He already has worked out what work you should do. And so you should do exactly what Stacy just said. You should ask God, what do you want me to do? That's what we should be asking all the time. It doesn't mean there's just the one thing and we're going to figure out what it is. It means that, that if you ask God, he will gradually reveal what we are to do, the good work that he's prepared for each of us to do. He will reveal it to us. He will guide us. And there's always good work to be done. I love the way um, Tim Keller talks about these verses. Tim Keller, Keller was referenced before. I've written, I've written a couple of books, but Every Good Endeavour, seriously, is the best book. <laughs> um, but Tim Keller said this about this verse. Do you know what it means that you are God's workmanship? What is art? Art is beautiful. Art is valuable. Art is an expression of the inner being of the maker, the artist. Imagine what that means. You are beautiful. You are valuable. You are an expression of the very inner being of the artist, the divine artist, God himself. You see, when Jesus gave himself on the cross, he didn't say, I'm going to die just so you know I love you. He said, I'm going to die. I'm going to bleed for your splendor. I'm going to recreate you into something beautiful. I will turn you into something splendid, magnificent. 
Jesus says, I'm the artist, you're the art. I'm the painter, you're the canvas. I'm the sculptor, you're the marble. You don't look like much in the quarry, (laughs) but I can see. Oh, I can see, Jesus says. Jesus is an artist, and you, beloved, are his crowning achievement, his masterpiece. When I became a mother, I had a little glimpse of what Tim Keller is saying in that verse. I saw this beautiful baby that had somehow emerged from my body, and I just thought, she's a work of art. But I quickly discovered that I was unable to shape her into the thing I wanted her to be. (laughs) This uh, photo was unfortunately not the only time that Jessalyn tried to throttle her brother. Uh, (laughs) My limitations as a parent, as a worker, became evident fairly quickly. But God as a heavenly parent, can do far more than I can. In Christ, Jaslyn is a new creation, a work of art. Jesus is continuing to fashion her into something beautiful. And her identity and my identity are secure in Christ. Let me pray for us. Dear Lord, all of us here have a mother. And some of us are mothers. Thank you for the experience of being mothered, cared for, loved. I want to acknowledge that though some of us have had a good experience of that, some of us haven't had such a good experience of that. And yet, in you, our heavenly parent, we can find that nurturing, that loving. So on this day, let us all look to you, our heavenly parent, who is fashioning us to be a work of art, something beautiful in your sight. Free us from seeking our identity in anything else, but help us to take joy from being in Christ. Free us from seeking our identity in our work, but help us to find secure identity in Christ. And we are in Christ both as individuals sitting here now, but we are also a community here in Christ at Harborside. And so may we see our corporate responsibility to raise the children here to know what it means to be in Christ. Thank you that we can all participate in that good work.